Glad you're here. I hope you uh, worked your way through the holidays well and you've had a good time. And now uh, sort of uh, school starts tomorrow. Time to get back to, to business as much as we can uh, be normal. But as we come this new year, I think all of us are really uh, just glad to, glad to get a new start, any kind of new start after the year that we've just been through. And uh, we just uh, ask that God will bless us as we go. I, what I want to do today is I want to give you a blessing. And um, I, the blessings are, you know, those of us who are ministers in the Old Testament, uh, the priests were to give the blessing. And, uh, of course, we don't really give a blessing. We express the blessing. God is the one who gives the blessing always. And uh, I think that's important for us to say. But in the New Testament, all of us are priests. Therefore, we can give one another a blessing. We can express that blessing. And that's what I hope to do uh, with you today. My text is found in Deuteronomy chapter 33. And uh, we begin with verse 24. Um, years ago, uh, uh, there was a group of cowboys and ranchers out in West Texas in the, in the Fort Davis area that would get together once a year and bring in a, a Bible teacher from Wheaton College. And the Bible teacher would come in and would teach, he'd teach the Bible. And the one who did it for many years was Glenn Evans. And uh, I learned to really love and appreciate him. They, they would meet in the Indian Lodge at Fort Davis. Many of you know that uh, part of the country, you know what I'm talking about. And for a week he would, he would teach the Bible to them. When I first met him, uh, Glenn came up to me and, and I'd already read a couple of his books and already had a great respect for him and he came up to me and he said uh, your name is Levi I said yes I am I'm a junior I'm, my name's Levi and he said well I was reading this morning in the 33rd of Deuteronomy and I saw the blessing of Levi and I want to give you the blessing of Levi uh, I don't know if I would accept that for everybody but I had a lot of respect for him and so I Accepted it. Went, as soon as I could, I went and found it in, in Deuteronomy 33. Uh, it begins, at the blessing to Levi begins in verse 8 and goes through verse 11. But verses 8 through 10 really are about the work of the priest. And really the blessing comes in verse 11. And the blessing is, bless all his skills, Lord, and be pleased with the work of his hands. Strike down those who rise against him, his foes, until uh, they rise no more. And of course it speaks about his ministry and the fact that, that uh, he won't let anyone stand in the way of his ministry. I claimed that promise and I claimed it uh, from him. I put it up on a, on a wall in my office and kept, it, kept the promise on the wall in the office for all those years and uh, it's been very meaningful to me. I hope in some, some small form this, this uh, blessing that I can give to you today would be a blessing. I'm going to give you the blessing of Asher. Blessing of Asher. Let's look at it. Let me read it with you. Uh, verse 24. About Asher, he said, Most blessed of sons is Asher. Let him be favored by his brothers, and let him bathe his feet in oil. The bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze, and your strength will equal your days. Uh, Asher was actually the eighth son of Jacob, and Jacob, when he gave the blessings in Genesis 49, just before he died, Jacob gave the blessings to the sons. And his, his word about Asher was very simple. Uh, Asher's food will be rich. He will provide delicacies fit for a king. So that definitely had to do with the promise of, 
of prosperity. When Moses died, he gave a blessing to uh, the sons, of course, but it was to, really to the tribes and each of the tribes. Asher ended up uh, way up in the north of uh, Israel, way up in the north side of Israel. If you could imagine with me just for a moment, if, uh, if the Mediterranean Sea is on this side, well, let's, let's put the Mediterranean Sea on this side. If the Mediterranean Sea was on this side of Israel, and then you've got, you've got over here, you've got uh, the Sea of Galilee and then the Jordan River that runs down this side. Most of the tribes were over here between the sea and, and the Jordan River. Uh, two and a half of the tribes were over on the other side of the Jordan River, as you will remember. If you've got a map in your Bible there, it, it'll show this clearly. Asher had to part way up north, and it was up where uh, Tyre is. And in the days of Jesus, uh, the Phoenicians had that area, but it was a it was an area where there was a lot of, of maritime trade. It was on the, on the ocean. There was a, a lot of maritime trade. And also it was a very fertile area. That, that's where he ended up. But I, in looking at this, I find it most interesting um, that he says most blessed in, in this particular day. He says he's most blessed. Um, he doesn't say that about any of the other brothers. I think that's, that's quite interesting. Simeon is even left out uh, of the promises as as given here by, by Moses. Simeon is left out altogether. Probably he was already, his tribe has already been uh, picked up and involved in Jude, the tribe of Judah. But he says, most blessed of sons is Asher. I don't know what it was. He was the, he was the son of Zilpah, who was the bait of Leah. And he was the eighth son, actually. I don't know exactly what it was about him that made him blessed. But evidently there was some, some sort of uh, personality in the tribe that drew people to it. And, and they... They appreciate it. So he says he's most blessed. Be favored by his brothers. Be a favored one in the family, which I would hope would be true for all of you. Um, it's certainly not true of all of us. Some of us have to find our blessing uh, from God. We, we don't always get our blessing from the family. Many times we have to find our blessing from God. I, um, I was real. We used to go uh, to Wichita Falls, be my mother's family. In Christmas time, and we were the out, we were the we were the outcast. My my father was a pastor, and he was a guy who came from the other side of the tracks. All my 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 mother's family was very well to do, and and um, I think some of them never did blame her for marrying a preacher or for marrying a kid from the other side of the tracks. I'm not sure exactly why, but but uh, uh, you know all of the other grandkids were they were just you know they bragged on them and all that stuff, and we were down here sort of at the end, and so it was a real joy to me the day that we finally uh, decided not to go there for Christmas, that, you know, that we didn't have to go through that. So I hope that's not your situation in your family, but I think that's, uh, uh, it is. So, and for some of us, uh, if we are in that situation, we don't really get the blessing from our family. We must get the blessing from God. That, that's, that's a lesson that's really important and, and I think important. But anyway, I'm hoping that you are the blessed. And then he talks about the prosperity. Let him bathe his feet in oil. And by the way, given uh, the stuff that we've been in for these last months, and, uh, and uh, even though we, we definitely hope that the vaccines that, that are available now are, are like the light at the end of the tunnel, but we're told, you know, the explosion of uh, the spike of those who are involved with uh, the virus and the spike of those who are dying from the virus is, uh, is scary, and we're, we're, we're told that uh, it'll, even, it'll even go to summertime before we, before we really find any relief from it. So 
to some extent, while we're glad to get that behind us, we've got to be wise enough to see that there's something in the future. Well, the prosperity, this, this pandemic has hurt a lot of people financially. People that can't, uh, don't have a job, people that don't have a home, people that rent their homes, uh, all these uh, companies that uh, have, have had to go out of business, people have lost their jobs, the whole thing been very difficult. So, so that can be a, an important part. And then verse 25, the bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze. This would speak of protection. May they be protected. And then the, fi the final phrase, and that's the one that I would zero in with you on today as I try to give you a blessing, would be, and your strength will equal your days. And what that, what that, that, what that really means is God will give you the strength you need for each day. And you put that together with Matthew chapter 6, verse uh, 34, which is part of the Southern on the Mount, where it says you don't worry about tomorrow. Every day has enough problems of itself that God will give you the strength you need to face whatever it is you have to face. God will give you the strength to face what you must face uh, today. And this is certainly a, uh, the kind of blessing that, uh, that can be very meaningful for us. Uh, I think of those who... Uh, today are struggling with the deaths of loved ones, deaths of friends, and deaths of loved ones because of uh, this pandemic that we're involved in. By the way, all the other kinds of things that cause death are going on at the same time. You know, uh, people dying of cancer and all, all other kinds of things are going on as well. And I think uh, so we, need, we need to know that we have the strength to face the trials and the troubles that come each and every day. Uh, I'd like to tie this together with a story from uh, out of David's life, if you will allow me, from the 30th chapter of 1 Samuel. David, of course, was running from King Saul, and David went over to to uh, Achish, one of the one of the kings of one of the Philistine cities, and uh, became uh, his personal bodyguard. And uh, David was not always honest with him, but anyway, became his personal bodyguard. And, and then when all the Philistines got together for the final battle against the Israelis, the one in which, in which Saul himself was killed and Jonathan, his son, was killed in, in that battle, as they were getting together, well, David was there. But these other Philistine kings, the kings of the other four Philistine cities, said, oh, no, we don't want David with us because he's really on their side and he'll turn against us in the middle. And so Achish sent him back home. And so they, they, he and his men went for three days. For three days they traveled, and uh, they got back to Ziklag, which was their home, only to find that the Amalekites had attacked Ziklag and had burned Ziklag, and they had taken their wives and their children captives. You remember that story, right? They'd taken their wives and their children captives. It was, a, it was really a, a terrible time. All the, all the people were, were uh, hurt at it. Uh, chapter 30, verse Verse 4 of 1 Samuel says, David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. Have you ever, have you ever cried until you just, you didn't have, there, there were no more tears. You had no more tears. There were just no more tears to cry. You didn't have the energy to cry more, more tears. That's kind of where they were. Uh, but the bad thing about it was, down in verse 6, David himself, and he had lost uh, his wives and, and children as well. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and his daughters. Now you've got to realize that these guys that went to, when David started running from Saul, 
these guys that came to him, they were outcasts. Uh, they, were, they were former prisoners. They were, they were former uh, people that were uh, outside the law. And they went to him, and he took all of these outcasts and molded them into a great small army, uh, which became uh, David's mighty men. And he molded them, in, but, but, but they all were so loyal to him because David had given them a new lease on life. He'd given them a second chance, each one of them. And they were all so loyal. That, th these guys were so loyal to him. At one time, they were in a battle, and, and he said, oh, I wish I had uh, water to drink from the well at Bethlehem. Uh, evidently, it was sweet water there at Bethlehem. I wish I had uh, water to drink from the well. And some of his men went out and broke through the enemy lines just to bring him back a drink of water. That kind of loyalty you just uh, seldom find in the world. That was the loyalty that was there. And yet now they had turned against him. I, I, believe, I believe up until this time is probably the lowest point in David's life. Now David had some low points later on. But up until this time in his life, probably the lowest point in his life, he was really worried for his life. These guys, he knew what they were capable of doing. They were outcasts and former criminals and all kinds of things. He knew what they were capable of doing. And they were talking of stoning him and killing him. And in this moment, what it says about David, it says, uh, each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters, but David found strength in the Lord his God. He found strength. He found strength in the Lord. Steve Hussle, uh, pastor in Mississippi, uh, back when he was a kid in 1977, he went with a bunch of young people on a mission trip to uh, Lame Deer, Montana, uh, the Cheyenne uh, Reservation there in Lame Deer, Montana. He went there with them, and they, they did a week of, of uh, ministry there with the Indians. And then following that week of ministry, they went on Saturday over to Bernie, Montana, where the Tongue River was, went over to Bernie, Montana, and just had a day off, a day of fun before they went home. He and his friend Donnie went down to the Tongue River, and he said he was always sort of a river rat. And so they're sitting there on the shore of the river. And he says, he says, Donnie, why don't we just float down the river? Let's just float down the river. And Donnie said, okay. And so they started floating down the river, just on their backs, just floating down the river. And he was out front. And he heard Donnie scream. And Donnie had been carried by the undercurrent of the river, been carried beneath the water. And he swung back as quick, fast as he could, went to that place, Dove again, again, try to find Donnie, but the, the current had carried him away. He never could find Donnie. Donnie had been carried away downstream, and Donnie lost his life that day. And when Steve could no longer had any more strength to dive and try to find his friend, he clambered up on the shore and laid there in the, in the sand of the source And he said this, he said, it was the kind of day that placed upon me demands that were beyond any strength I could have. It raised questions about what I could handle. And he said, I cried and I prayed and I cried and I prayed. And that day, I found strength in the Lord. You see, the same Lord that was the Lord of David the same Lord that, 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 uh, that Moses could promise that kind of strength to the tribe of Asher. The same Lord is the Lord that can give strength to you and me today.
And some of us are facing that kind of stuff. I, I, I'm thankful for all of us that have gone through the sickness and doing well. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just incredibly thankful. But I can't even talk about that without thinking about those within our church family, this church family right here, who've lost their loved ones. They've lost their, their parents. They've lost their mother. They've lost their father, grandfather. Those who've lost a friend, those who've lost loved ones one way or another, and how they deal with this loss uh, of the friend in the midst of in the midst of this pandemic that we're involved. Others that just uh, uh, you know are are struggling for their very lives right now, and the loved ones cannot even get in to be with them because of the because of the rules of the hospitals cannot even get in there to be with them and it's hard and if you've lost a loved one it's hard and uh, we know that the whole world can say yeah most people get over it but if you've lost a loved one you know exactly how hard it is or if you're struggling a loved one of yours is struggling you know how hard it is sometimes we lose a loved one sometimes we we face demands that are beyond our control and we need strength from somewhere. And Moses promised to Asher that God would give the strength that we need every day. And David found strength in the Lord. And we can find strength in the Lord today as well. I want to say three simple things today. And the first is, God never promises us, not in the Word of God, He never promises us that if we are His, and if we live right, and if we belong to Him, and if we've given our life to Him, we'll never have a problem. Now, there are preachers who preach that. And there are people who actually believe that. That if they really belong to God and they do the right thing, they'll never have a problem. There's people that actually believe that. But God never promises that. What God does promise is that he will be with us and that he will give us strength to stand and to withstand the storm. You know that story in the seventh chapter of Matthew where, uh, you know, in the Summit on the Mount, uh, Jesus said, God's rain falls on the just and the unjust. And in the seventh chapter of Matthew, it talks about a man who built his house on the sand and another who built his house on the rock. And when the, when the storm came, the house on the sand fell, but the house on the storm stood firm. That's what he does promise. He promises us strength to withstand the storm. And when the storm is passed, to remain standing. That's, that's really what he promises us. A man named Jim Hunter was one of those who became a Christian with the promise that, that if he was a Christian, everything would be okay. And then he almost died with an aneurysm. He lost his teenage daughter in a shooting accident. And uh, this, is what, this is what Jim Hunter said. The church lied to me. The church gave me the understanding that if I gave Jesus my heart and if I was faithful, I did whatever he wanted me to do, then bad things would not happen to me everything would be okay. Now, the truth is, the truth is, all of us struggle with this to some extent. I mean, I don't know how many of you may have prayed at some time in your life. You've prayed, uh, uh, 
God, why would you let this happen to me? Why would you let this happen to me? And I'm going to tell you that I've prayed that. God, why in the world would you let this happen to me? I'm doing everything I can to live for you. I've given, I've given everything I have to you. I'm doing everything I can to live for you. Why in the world, God, would you allow this to happen to me? And uh, we have to learn that he does not promise that we will not have the storm. He promises that he will give us strength every day, the strength that we need to face the troubles that we have to face. And that's, that's the second point that I want to make. The promise of God that's found so, so many times in the Bible that he would, he would give us what we need. If, if you will allow me to give you some scriptures, um, very familiar scriptures from the 43rd of Isaiah. This is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. I think he doesn't say that he'll keep us from the waters and the rivers. He says he will keep us from allowing those things to destroy us. From the 41st of Isaiah, this part of Isaiah uh, is just wonderful. 41st of Isaiah, verse 10. Do not fear, God is speaking, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Verse 13, I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. And in this great passage out of the 40th of, of Isaiah, those who hope in the Lord, those who wait on the Lord, will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as an eagle. They'll run and not get weary, and they'll walk and not faint. Great promises. But they're not promises that he will guard us from bad things happening to us. They're promises that he will give us what we need in the time. And we need to certainly find out how to find, how to find strength in the Lord. You remember when, you remember when Moses, uh, when he called Moses in Exodus chapter, chapters uh, 2 and 3, we called Moses. He said, I want you to go down there and set my people free. And Moses said, who am I, Lord? How in the world can I do this? And God's answer was, I will be with you. I will be with you. And also, when Joshua took over from Moses, I mean, who can imagine following a leader like, like Moses? When Joshua took over from Moses, he said to Joshua, As I was with Moses, I will be with you. Do not fear. Take courage. I will be with you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. The promise is so true. It is found so many times in the Bible. I am, um, with, with permission... I'd like to share these. I just jotted these down this week. Sometimes, I think sometimes God gives us, tells us something in the Bible over and over again so we'll get the point, you know. And so many verses, Psalms 9, 9 and 10, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Uh, Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Psalm 28, 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. 
my heart trusts in him, and he helps me. Nahum 1.7, the Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble, and he cares for those who trust in him. Proverbs 8.18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And from the New Testament, Hebrews 13.5 and 6, from, from the promise to Joshua that they claim for everyone in the New Testament, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Philippians 4, Paul said, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And in 2 Timothy 4, he said, At my first offense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. I'm reminded of, by the way, that's not all the verses. I'm just some of the verses. I'm reminded of when Ken Fowler died uh, when I was interim pastor over at Gatesville. Ken was a coach, a good man. Once a week, the, the, the coaches at uh, Gatesville High would get together and, and have a Bible study. Ken was the one who led the Bible study. That's the kind of man he was. Outstanding man. And he got cancer when they finally came to a point of where they told him there was no hope, just uh, get everything ready, you're going to die. And I talked to Ken. And you know what he said to me? He said, Levi, it's okay. I know God is with me. God was giving him strength to follow even that. Bill Wright was a pastor friend of mine, great big old guy, big pot belly, loud mouth, great pastor, one of the best pastors I've ever seen in my life. He was one of these guys that was just always loud, you know, always loud. You've been, you've been around some of those people. Always loud. He, I'd be at a convention or something. He'd call out my name. I could, and you could hear his name forever. You, Levi, it's embarrassing you to do that, you know. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. That's the kind of guy he was. He got cancer and died. He was a good, good friend. He got cancer and died. I talked to him before it was over. He said, Levi, the only thing, you're mad that I'm going to see the Lord before you do. <laughs> the Lord with us. The Lord give us strength. Now the Lord is with you. Uh, one of the great, one of the great preachers of another day, Henry Sloan Cawthon, said this: "I will be with you." Nothing is said of the people's awareness of His presence. His presence is a conviction, not a feeling. The Bible lays no stress on our emotions or awareness. It asserts the fact of God's constant presence with His people. God is with us. Now. Some of you at this point say, okay, how, is, how do I find strength in the Lord? How, how do I go about finding strength in the Lord? Well, I want to suggest to you something that, that I've done for years. Something happens, and, and I'm struggling with it. Just having, I, just, I just pray to God as quickly as I can. Oh, God, help me get through this. Oh, God, help me get through this. And I want to tell you, not once. Have I felt let down? I think when you pray, God, help me, God would never deny that kind of prayer. Oh, God, help me get through this. Finding strength in the Lord. Help me, help me get through this, Lord. I think it's, it's just God is with us, and we can count on him. Now, there's a couple more things I want to say. And um, the first thing is the rest of the story about David. 
So David found strength in the Lord. How did David know how to find strength in the Lord? Well, if you go back to 1 Samuel chapter 23, and you'll see that, that when Saul first started trying to kill David, hunting him down, trying to kill him, Saul's son Jonathan went to David. And this is what it says in 1 Samuel 23, uh, 16. Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in the Lord. Jonathan helped David find strength in the Lord. So later on, when the crisis was even worse later on, David knew how to find strength in the Lord because Jonathan had helped him find strength in the Lord. What can we do? What can we do as a family? What can we do when someone uh, needs to find strength in the Lord? What can we do? We can help them find strength in the Lord. This church is the best church I've ever been around about praying for people. I mean, our Sunday school classes are, are you know, we've got... There are at least four different prayer lists that go out out of this church just every week. And we have a church prayer list on top of that. I mean, this church has got to be the best I've ever seen of people praying for those in the church. But we can do more than just pray. Praying is the most important thing you can do. Don't get me wrong. But we can do more than just pray. What we can do is we can help them find strength in the Lord. Back when, back when we were in the middle of, of the coronavirus in our home, I was, my wife has a, and she's here today, my wife, and I'm thankful she's here, I'm thankful she's alive. Um, my wife has a heart condition, and uh, every once in a while it flares up, her heart beats quicker and quicker, and her blood pressure goes down, and she collapses. And this happened a couple of times I, I was concerned about her getting the virus, and I did everything I could to protect her, but I'm sure I got it and took it home to her. I'm sure that's exactly what happened. And so, you know, I was sick, too. I, I was not like some of these young guys that are so healthy and all. They just sort of breeze through it, but I was sick, too. But I, about day seven, I, I started taking turns for the better and got better, but Lou got worse and worse and worse. And... Uh, so twice, we had to call the ambulance to take her to the hospital. And she spent, she spent about eight days in the hospital. Um, I, uh, after she'd been in the hospital the first time, she came home. and She wasn't doing well. And we were both afraid. We were, we were scared. And we began talking to one another about what a great life we've had. And when you face death, you talk about those things. And a friend of mine, Carl Frickley, called. And Carl, I told him I was doing better, but we were really worried about Lou. And Carl said, can I pray with you on the phone? And I said, sure. So I turned the phone up where, where uh, Lou could hear. We're sitting right there together where she could hear. And before he prayed, he read this passage out of Psalm 139. Great Psalm. And he read this passage. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. 
If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. And I looked at Lou, and the tears ran down her face, and I was crying too. And then we prayed. And we found peace that day, not because of a promise of healing, which we wanted so badly, but we found peace that day because whatever happened, we knew God would be with us. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I will be with you. And even for those like the two guys I've mentioned before, you know, John, Jesus said, Jesus said, uh, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. Even if we die, we go right into the hands of Jesus Christ. That's the promise of the word. God is with us. And that's where we found peace. In that great hymn, Great is Our Faithfulness, uh, you know, the third verse says, uh, pardon for sin and a hope that endureth. Uh, let me see, I've forgotten the words here. Pardon for sin and a hope that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness. And so my blessing for you today has to do with this blessing. And my blessing to you today is simply that you will know, that you will know, that you will experience, that you will feel whatever you have to face this year. Because we don't know what we're going to have to face. None of us really knows. I mean, I mean, Back a year ago, how many of us would have thought we'd have to go through all this stuff? None of us knows what we have to face this year. But whatever you face, that you may know, God loves you and God is with you and he will never leave you and he will never forsake you and you can find strength in him. And that's the blessing I have for you today. I wrote a blessing and I'd like to give it to you now. By the way, we Baptists are not very good at giving blessings, you know. Uh, some of you come from churches where they do this, and it's a really meaningful thing. But uh, I wrote this blessing. May you be most blessed with God's presence throughout this year. May you receive grace, courage, and strength from the Lord. May the fellowship of the church stand with you and give you strong support. May your cup overflow with God's love and blessings. May you know the Lord's strengthening presence in the face of troubles and problems. May you be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And may God give you, every day of your life, the strength to meet all your needs and the ability to face whatever you must face with grace and calm in his presence. 
And that's my blessing for you today and for you to carry this year. I'm not going to have an invitation today. We're going to sing our final song. Thank you for being here. And go in the presence and the grace of God and know that you can find strength with him. Let's stand.